Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Monax. I'm so excited that wherever you are, whether you're listening on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on iHeart Podcasts, however you get your podcasts, you can get the GBB Podcast Network and the flagship show that goes along with it, GBB Live, now entering year number eight, which makes me feel old every time. I say that I am joined at this time on this episode by my wonderful co-host, associate editor over at grizzlybearblues.com. He does a phenomenal job with our podcast network and with all sorts of different types of content. Uh, His name is Parker Fleming and Parker, we're going to have to go back to the quarantine days of of piecing together content here. Are there any top 10 lists that we haven't done yet or anything we can do while Memphis is off here these next few days? You know, I think a really good idea would be what you can do during the times that those Grizzlies games were supposed to be scheduled. I think that would make a pretty good post. I like that. Maybe you could measure out how many calories you'd burn if you went on a run for two and a half hours. You know, something like that. Being constructive. For sure, yeah. Or you can uh, watch the uh, newest video on TheRinger.com called The Void. Uh, Kevin O'Connor does a video series uh, breaking down different parts of the NBA. And he did one about the Grizzlies and the bright future of them and if they have the best young core in the league. So I would say that's a pretty good use of filling out 10 minutes of two hours of your night. Yeah, potentially. It's amazing that pivot to video may finally be happening. Just a couple of years late, all these folks putting videos out now on YouTube and stuff. But uh, it's always good to have Parker with me. Always good to have you with me as well, wherever you are listening to GBB Live. Ways to get in touch with the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Mullinax. You can follow Parker on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. You can follow the blog that we are so fortunate to work for and and write for and help continue to grow and develop. GrizzlyBearBlues.com at SBN Grizzlies. And you can follow the podcast here at GBB Live. Uh, we have a wonderful guest on this episode of GBB Live. He's somebody that we haven't had on in a long time. And when I say a long time, I, I went back into my records and I want to say it was 2016, 2017, uh, you know, right around there that we had this gentleman on. Um, he is somebody who, like me, has been around the team for a while. Uh, but at the same time, he has been around them even longer than me. And he has taken his blogging opportunity, which has changed over the years. And we'll talk to him about that here in a moment. And he's taken that in that he had, and he's turned it into a pretty impressive job working alongside the good folks over at Fox Sports South. And in particular, uh, the Grizzlies Fox Sports South social media accounts. He is a social media correspondent for both of those brands. He on Twitter uh, is a self-professed simpsons and comic book enthusiast he's a star wars nerd and he's our guest tonight on this episode of gbb live he is philip dean philip how are you doing buddy it's been a while long jeff thank you uh thank you jeff thank you parker for having a way too long since i've been on here glad to be back yeah absolutely and like i said whenever i talk about how old gbb live is or I talk about something involving the Grizzlies that Parker doesn't know about because he was like 12 when it happened. Um, it, it makes me feel, you know, old. It's nice to have a, a fellow weathered veteran, and I mean that in as positive a way as possible, uh, along with me on this episode of the show. Um, 
Now, before we get into what you do now, I do want to rehash what you did then. And people don't know this and maybe don't care about this, but they, they clearly cared enough back in the day to, to make a big deal about it. Um, GBB uh, in recent years has pretty much become uh, the only main blog in town. There's other folks uh, that do work over at fan side. And obviously there's some local entities. We talked to Amy and shy in the past and sane has dabbled. Anthony sane has dabbled in some blogging stuff. Uh, but before all of that, there was three shades of blue and three shades of blue was a blog that was in competition with GBB. And while I wish I could put that in air quotes, like we do in 2021, cause it's not really that kind of market anymore. It was a little more heated back then. There was a radio show and everything. So, Philip, I'm curious if you would, for our younger listeners like Parker, <laughs> Parker, um, perhaps you can give a little bit of information, not necessarily about the blog word per se. I don't think people care about that, maybe, except for maybe Parker. Um, but maybe a little bit of information about how you got your start following the team, especially in, in some similar type of role as to what you have now uh, through sh Three Shades of Blue. Yeah, so uh, my career got started back, it's been around this time, about uh, January of uh, 2013. Uh, uh, like, like you guys, like me, we started out as fans, and we were paying attention to games, and I had been always been tweeting constantly during the games and making my opinions and stuff like that. And um, the former radio station at the time, AM730, Sports was there was an afternoon show that liked what I was saying on Twitter and um, uh, guys by the name of Bob and Josh, who's a father and son duo, they brought me. They contacted me. They wanted me to come in one day talk talk on the show, and they were really impressed. And I decided to become a it became a, a turned into a weekly thing, and then it became a daily thing, and then I became a co-host of the show. So when they let me be a, make myself a co-host of the show, I was a fan of, I read blogs, I read Three Shades of Blue at the time. So I started to get to know the creator of it, Josh Coleman and uh, Jonathan May. And I started working, having them on the show every week and started to build a relationship with them. And then probably, Eight months later, they were getting um, they're getting a call from Sports 56 uh, WHQ that they were they wanted them to do a weekend radio show just to discuss all Grizzlies content, and so they were both like, "Cool," um, but we had no radio experience, so they wanted to bring someone in that had some radio experience and join them, and they contacted me, and so when I switched over to uh, Flynn Broadcasting in 46 and worked for there for uh, four years. And uh, during that time, while I was at 456, I also helped uh, run their social media uh, content on there. And um, yeah, and around, and around uh, the show, we did the three, the three SOB radio every Saturday morning from eight to 10 and we, the show ran for, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember if I get this wrong, Josh Coleman's gonna kill me. Um, I wanna say we finished in 2000, I believe. 
Yeah, I was, I was like, uh, but around 2016, um, Fox Sports South was starting to uh, spread out their social media content and work with different creators for all the different teams they had. They started with the Atlanta Braves and National Predators, and then those got off really well, and they were like, well, let's try and break it out to our NBA teams with the Atlanta Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Charlotte Hornets. And I got contacted through mutual people with uh, Fox Sports, and we had we had a conversation. They were, wanted me to be involved with their social media team, and it's um, so yeah, that's uh, that's basically where I'm at right now. It's really cool how Memphis works. You know, like you talking about at the beginning of your story, and how you you know Yahoo Sports seven thirty. Uh, we had GBB Live on the radio there for a few months, I believe, with Chip Williams when I first moved yeah. away from Memphis. Um, you know, it's just crazy how the, the market allows for you. And Sane and I have talked about this a lot. You know, stories like you and, and me and Sane, that stuff doesn't happen in, in almost any other place, right? The opportunity to just go from being a commenter on a blog like me or somebody like you who is on Twitter and, and gets attention for your takes on Twitter and you take that opportunity and run with it, you know, and now you're doing this work like legitimate work as a social media person for uh, a television company uh, or a, a broadcast within a television company. Uh, it's really cool. The opportunity that you get in Memphis to take it and run with it. I'm just curious how, when you started doing this, going all the way back to the 7:30 days, did you ever mm-hmm. foresee it becoming this? I would hope so, because I always wanted to be involved with sports somehow, and especially in broadcasting. I didn't know whether it'd be on air or behind, or behind the scenes. It was something I've always wanted to do. It was just a matter of how I got myself in the door. And so um, I just, I'll, like, when and 7.30, just I got a direct message from them one day, like, hey, we just want to come in sometime next week and talk Grizzlies. And, like, and I was just like, okay, well, this is my opportunity. That I guess this might be my opportunity. I'm, if I'm, this is my opportunity. I gotta go. I gotta go with it. I gotta do, give it all my best and make a great impression with these guys. And it, it did. And it, 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 it's crazy how connections like that look like that. I mean, I remember Anthony. I remember Anthony Sane coming on the weekends, and I knew immediately, like this, this guy is gonna, he's gonna make it. I know this this guy's gonna do great things in the in the city uh, with the content that he the opinions he shares and the content he puts out. Yeah, I mean, I just you see that immediately with guys like that. So you've made this transition from blogging and radio with uh, Three Shades of Blue, and then you move into the social media role. Does covering the team from the blogging radio aspect to the social media aspect? kind of change your perception of how you cover the team? Not too much. I mean, it's when I when I first got with Fox that you know my great boss was there when I started, they just said just be as positive and uh, you can. Uh, we'll we'll help you out. We'll help you out w- in any way possible, but we've seen what you do and we're very impressed. Just you just continue to be you, and they just gave me a platform with to help help with their great content. And so, um, it's not that hard to do. I try not to criticize. Like, 
you could say that to any social media person that we just try to be as uh, creative and positive as much as possible with it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> that is an interesting angle, right? The fact when you're a social media person, you're, you're running an account, you know, Devin Walker comes to mind with the Grizzlies account and obviously Amara Baptist before him. You know, you, you get the blame or you get coaching questions. You know, why isn't Melton starting? We'll talk more about that here in a minute. Um, yeah. Or why is it Melton playing? And you're getting yelled at on Twitter and you're like, I don't have anything, any control of that. Like I would imagine for you recently, uh, obviously a lot has been made of the YouTube TV and the Sinclair Broadcasting, uh, Fox Sports Southeast being taken off of uh, YouTube TV. Uh, again, that's not your job. You have no impact on that decision. Uh, the fact that the Grizzlies are not being shown to the cord cutters in the way that they had before. But in the same time, you, you have to deal with that side of things. Do you just turn off those notifications? Do you just ignore it? Like, that seems like that would be a tough part of the job to me. It is a tough job. And that's one of the things recently, yeah, you talked about uh, one of the big issues recently that we've had. It's something you can't turn off. I mean, we've created a whole uh, campaign to, to explain to viewers why uh where changes are being made and like I, I don't know much about i don't know the whole situation i know something about the situation and there's things i can't it, it's just something i can't control but i there's a campaign that we run uh that we spread on all of our social media platforms you can go to uh, getmyhometeams.com that will explain everything uh, what, what the situation is what we're what we're trying to figure out here's what you can do to find uh, an, an alternative option to watch the Grizzlies. So uh, when stuff like that happens, I always just push them to like, hey, just go to getmyhometeams.com. Here's all your answers. I'm sorry this is happening. I just, this is something totally out of my control. And that was so, and because that's what, besides that, also, I get all the time of like, I go, I can't find the Grizzlies game on my TV. Well, I don't know what, or what channel is it on? I worked, I did, I worked with the Atlanta, on the Atlanta Braves games this summer, and I would get that kind of I can't game on my TV, or I can't find the Grizzlies. Right. I think I get a lot. Yeah, you're not TV guide, right? And some people yeah. listening to this probably don't even know what TV guide is. That's how old I am. Yeah, but, <laughs> you you know, I, I'm not able to give you your channel based off of your account on your cable provider or your YouTube TV or whatever it might be. You know, that's just. I just think that's so fascinating when people get mad at the the social media account for something when it's not that person's ability to control what you're mad about. It just shows a, a lack of understanding with how it works, which is fascinating to me. Um, and I always feel bad for folks like you that are in that spot because you, you can relate to their frustration, but at the same time, they're, they're kind of yelling into the void in a way, and there's not a, a ton that you can do. We're, we're chatting with Philip Dean. Again, uh, it's really great to have him back on the show. It's been a while. Uh, he does a great job with social media uh, as a correspondent for both Fox Sports South excuse me, and Fox Sports Grizzlies. Make sure you're following him on Twitter if you don't already do so, at Dean underscore. Again, he uh, is of Three Shades of Blue radio fame. I remember doing that show in studio back in the day, like 2014, 2015, when I first would come back and visit uh, from Memphis. Um, some, some good old times, the good old days of, uh, of covering the Grizzlies. I've been doing this way too long. But like I said, folks like Philip are a great example of taking the opportunity and the platform and running with it and having success. Uh, and it's, it's great to have you back on the show. I'm curious, Philip, um, 
you are looking at the team obviously develop and change, not just in terms of on the court product, obviously with John Morant in the fold, Jaron Jackson Jr., Justice Winslow, who hasn't played yet, uh, Brandon Clark, up and down the list. You have been doing what you've been doing long enough, whether it's working with you know the radio stuff, uh, with the blogs, or whether it's doing social media, as you alluded to. You've seen that transition. You've seen the energy kind of change around the team on social media. How can you describe how it's changed in terms of your perceptions of it from your, your perspective? Because are, are people more excited now than they were towards the end of Grit and Grind? Are they... Uh, are they more interested engagement wise? How are you seeing the accounts kind of grow? If you would, and I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, how would you compare when you started doing this a few years ago compared to now in terms of how the Grizzlies digital footprint, I guess, has developed and grown, not just with their TV coverage, but just overall on social media with your uh, expertise being there? So when I first, when I started first started, um, I think so. You had the core four, and you had Vince Carter. Those are the main guys we would hope would get gain traction on our any of our social media highlights, and they did fine. But you, I mean, guys like that. I mean, like how many of them? Actually, how many of the guys like Mark or Mike or Zebo or? Tony Allen or Vince Carter actually like tweeted every day and stuff like that interacted. Not many. You would see them like post a picture of like after or, like and something like that. You never really saw that. So, uh, but it's just totally different. I mean, there's the, you see more players in getting at now with Ja and Jaron and uh, Tyus is someone that's great on social media. I mean, uh, Justice as well. But, I mean, there, there's a lot more traction in the in like the players will respond back to uh, highlights that we posted, any any Photoshop that I've done or something like that on our platforms. It, and as soon as like any time we get something job related, it our likes and retweets go up constantly because people are just so enamored with what he does. It, it's just unbelievable like the, and the amount of stuff that he sh- he shares on our content and with the Grizzlies uh, official social media platforms it's unbelievable how much they share our content and it's helped it's helped our platform so well how well they're engaged with us and 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 it's like gotten a more fans outside of Memphis to uh, uh, look at all of our our content that we get I mean we brought jobs brought in so many fans uh, from Murray State onto our platform at any time. And same with uh, now with uh, Jaron Jackson and then Xavier Tillman. I mean, we have uh, uh, Michigan State fans all, all on uh, following us on Twitter. Even their uh, Michigan State uh, official Twitter account is following us, and they're sharing a lot of our content as well right now. We all miss Yuta Watanabe, though. I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> we miss... We miss the Japanese views and clicks and listens and, and likes and retweets. They were the Japanese media was all over uh, Yuta with the Grizzlies. Hey, hey Joe, I, I know one person that actually helps now is John Conchar with the Purdue Fort Wayne area. Man, if he puts yeah. anything of him, it's going to explode. Almost guarantee. And it is pretty fascinating how that's different from grit and grind because I, I 
it's the superstar effect, but it's also the way that social media has changed, even in just the last three or four years. And obviously, I know I'm preaching to the choir with Philip and Parker's grown up in it. Um, but just being what I've been on the blog, as long as I've been on social media, it's amazing how fast things shift and change and how it you have to stay relevant and know different terms and different ways of running the accounts. And it, it really is a skilled position. And I'm impressed when folks like Philip Dean do it so well. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to get into the basketball side of things. We're going to talk about on-the-court product, uh, the rotations, obviously the Grizzlies. Uh, it was announced by the NBA that they will not be playing for a while. We'll talk about why that is and more next. You're listening to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Grizzly Bear Blues Live. I am your host, Joe Molinax. I'm joined by my co-host, Parker Fleming. And we're talking with Philip Dean, who does a terrific job social media-wise for Fox Sports Grizzlies, as well as the Fox Sports South uh, Twitter accounts, at Fox Sports South, at Grizzlies on FSSE. Those are the two accounts that he works with the most. And you can follow him on Twitter, at Philip Dean underscore. Uh, Again, he's a veteran of GBB Live. It's been a while, but we had a good uh, relationship with uh, 3SOB Radio back in the day, and it's great to have Philip back on the show uh, as we alluded to, uh, guys, before the break, obviously Memphis, the news of the day, not playing anytime soon. It sounds like they're doing it out of an abundance of caution. And I know people can't see this, but I'm putting it in air quotes there, uh, an abundance of caution. One positive COVID-19 test on the Grizzlies. Uh, I have not seen who that is, nor we probably won't, or I would imagine, excuse me, we probably won't know who that is because the Grizzlies are very tight close to the chest with health things as we've seen with injury issues in the past. And that's totally fine. We don't necessarily need to know. All we need to know is Memphis is not playing basketball for a while. They uh, obviously had their game against Portland postponed. Then they had a couple of games uh, beyond that with the Kings in Portland. So I think in total, we're talking four games postponed and pushed to the next part of the season when the new schedule comes out in March or for the second half. Uh, Philip, I'm torn. I'll be honest with you, because on one hand, I want to watch Grizzlies basketball right after after the pandemic and the season was suspended last year and not knowing if they'd ever come back going into July and that sort of thing. I'm very much more appreciative of the Grizzlies now than I ever have been because I know they can be taken away. You know, and you, you heard Nick Saban talking about that with the Alabama Crimson Tide winning the national championship in football. He said he truly believed that the players acted the way they did because they thought it could be taken away. And when you, something you love is taken away, obviously, you appreciate it a little bit more. Um, plus, sports gambling is now legal in Virginia, and that's going to open a whole, whole new can of worms for me uh, here in Northern Virginia now that I can bet on these games like my, fan, like my friends in Tennessee can. Um, so I'm torn on that end because I want the games to be played. But on the flip side... Justice Winslow and Jaron Jackson Jr., every day that passes, they're closer to getting on the court, or in the case of Justice, making his Grizzlies debut. I'm curious, Philip, where do you land on that? Are you sad that they're not playing right now and you want them to play even though they're not fully healthy? Or are you excited that every game that gets postponed, obviously we want people to stay healthy and safe with COVID. I feel like that should be a given. Um, Every day that is passing with a postponed game, is another day more or another game more where Memphis is more likely to be at full strength for those contests. Yeah, it, it, I'm like, I'm with you. It's one of those things when I first heard it, I was just like, well, dang it, I, I don't get to work tonight. 
and this this sucks. But at the same time, we know those games are going to be made up in the second half of the season. They're going to, I mean, they're going to make things work out. So it gives, and then on the positive side, you look at it and you go, okay, well, this gives Ja more time to uh, rest his ankle. This gives um, more time for Justice to come back and for Jaren, time for Jaren to come back. So hopefully when this all clears out, you know, uh, I, I think we've heard it's supposed to be Justice is supposed coming back sooner than Jaren right now. So we'll be seeing, we could be seeing his debut a lot sooner. So it's, it's one of those things you're just like, well, I was like, my, it was my boss that told me when I first, I didn't see the, the, Woj Bomber uh, Sham Wow notification. It, it, my boss was like, hey, they postponed the next three games. So, really? And you just get in one of those things where you just like, well, they give, it gives them time to rest. I, I can, I, I'll be fine with them taking rest knowing that they'll make up for those games in the second half of the season. Definitely. And obviously, like I said, all of us here want the players to be as safe and as healthy as possible. And you know, this isn't a debate over whether or not they should be playing these games. Uh, there's a very clear reason why they're playing these games. I've talked about it. I don't necessarily think they're wrong for it, but there's consequences to uh, decisions that you make on good ends and on bad ends. And, and this is one of those things, cases and, and contact tracing. These are always going to be possibilities uh, with the season being started without a bubble. Parker, I'm curious as to your take on that. How are you feeling? Are you more in the line of, oh, good, this means that our best players get more time to recover and, and be there for the games. Because Phillip's right, they're going to be played. Um, now, if you start getting into Wizards territory and you spend eight, you know, six to eight games, I feel like it gets tougher to make everything up. I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm sure they'll try their best. Um, but as of this time, it's four games that are postponed. That's a lot more doable. Um, are you of the mindset that, this is a good thing in the long run, or are you just more focused on the here and now? Oh man, I'm bummed out that, yeah, I believe I saw that it's going to be 11 days between the Martin Luther King day game and the next time the Grizzlies play, we have to remember they're on a winning streak right now. So that's another layer mm -hmm. to this, right They're What happens if they cool off Parker? I know. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different layers to this. I don't even have like a clear answer. I know there's like the selfish part of me where I see, three home games next week. Granted, the Chicago game wasn't ruled out, but I haven't been able to go to games the past couple of weeks. So I was really excited to get back into the form and just be able to watch Grizzlies basketball live and in person. And then also, too, you're risking losing the momentum that you've sustained in that five-game winning streak where, I mean, you're going to come back next week. And we even saw this with Phoenix on Monday. There's going to be a little bit of the rust because you're coming in, you have, what, like nine days off, and then you're coming into a team that's probably maybe like two, three days off. So there's going to just be that different level of comfort and play there. But I do like what you had uh, said about uh, getting Justice and Jaron back. In your, that's fewer games without them. That is important too. And I am going to be highlighting on uh, Grizzly Bear Blues uh, the decision, one of the decisions that needs to be made um, when Jaron Ju Jackson Jr. gets back going forward. Um, it, it just all sucks all around. It's just kind of the uh, sports in a pandemic. Like, I, I said this on a Hoops Island that's going to be going live, is there's no handbook for this for any of these professional teams. There's no handbook to say, 
this is how you do sports when there's a pandemic. This is how you do the season. If this happens, if this happens, they're having to, you know, take some lumps and have learning experiences. And this is one of them. I will say one thing that's going to be very interesting. You alluded to the point of uh, making up games. Uh, they they announced today, the Times announced that uh, Japan is leaning towards canceling the Olympics. So now there's not that pressure to give the players rest time for the Olympics. So if they do need to add those games that they postponed, there's more of that window opportunity to do that later in the, later in the year. That is huge. That's a great point. And, and I do think that you'll see, you know, obviously an event like the Olympics on a global scale, you're adding in the United States, we're having our own issues, right? Mm-hmm. When you have the Olympics, you have, uh, you know, hundreds of countries and their issues and, and everybody trying to converge on one place. Uh, I, I, it's not surprising the Olympics would be struggling, but you're exactly right that it would help sports in America domestically if that were to happen. But of course, folks love the Olympics. So that's another one of those things that'll be disappointing if it does indeed go down, but it's certainly possible. We're chatting with Philip Dean. Again, he does a tremendous job on social media, uh, covering the Grizzlies and other sports for Fox Sports South. Uh, and again, Fox Sports South East with the uh, Grizzlies account at Grizzlies on FSSE. And you can follow at Fox Sports South as well. That's another account that he works with. And then his personal account, of course, at Philip Dean underscore. Make sure you're giving him a follow if you don't already do so. Uh, Philip, once this team does get back on the floor, uh, Parker alluded to the, the more long-term vision of Jaron and Justice getting worked back into the rotation. Uh, in the short term, in that, uh, in that Phoenix game, uh, there was a bit of a surprise to a lot of us. The, the fact that DeAnthony Melton didn't play at all. He, he was a did-not-play coach's decision. And then in the wake of that, in the aftermath of that decision, Coach Jenkins said that he was tweaking the rotations. It wasn't a rumored back injury that Melton might have suffered. It wasn't anything along those lines. It, it was on purpose that John Conchar played in front of DeAnthony Melton, that Grayson Allen was viewed as such a major focus of that team. He, Grayson Allen closed the game. So you have a 22-year-old that you signed to a four-year contract, uh, making a lot more money than both John Conchar and, uh, and uh, Grayson Allen, and you're in a situation where he didn't even get any playing time. That was extremely surprising to me. Uh, Philip, how are you looking at that as this team kind of progresses? You know, I think we've all kind of made light of, or at least I have. Maybe I shouldn't say we all. I have made light of how much Coach Jenkins seems to love Grayson Allen. But we're at the stage now, Philip, where he's prioritizing players like John Conchar over D'Anthony Melton. Or, again, getting a, a vast majority of minutes to Grayson Allen instead of playing D'Anthony Melton at all. Does that surprise you? Are you concerned about that? What is your perception of that one? And it, it's possible it's one isolated incident. Uh, do you think that this is a trend that's going to start happening? Because the Grizzlies did win without D'Anthony Melton, but you – you just assumed that he was going to be a big part of this rotation. And to this point, he, you know, he has been until Phoenix. Yeah, I was pretty surprised by that, but I feel, um, I feel like that was a weird time to just give, uh, just to do, oh, let's, let's see what Conchar can do with this amount of minutes over DeAnthony. And see, I think that was a weird time to do that, but I don't think this is going to be something that's going to be a long-term thing. I still think DeAnthony, your, uh, your sixth man coming off the bench, and he's one of your, or not that, that Tyus, 
whatever right now, but I was, so he's one of your top rotation players coming off the bench right now. So I, I think that was just a weird time to, to see what you could do with Conchar in that matter of minutes, in the, especially in the fourth quarter. So, but I think the coaching staff is still on, uh, they're still high on DeAnthony right now. Um, I think that was just the one, I feel, I feel like that's, that was just a one game situation. I don't think we'll see that. We'll see something like that again, where Comstar is getting more minutes over D'Anthony Mills in the future. So I think D'Anthony's earned himself the, the amount, the role, the amount of minutes that he's had on this team and the impact he's made off the bench. So I feel like that was, this will be a one-time thing. Philip, you're obviously in those media conversations, just like Parker and I and other media members are. And uh, you, you get to hear Coach Jenkins and Zach Kleiman before that talk about this season being about data accumulation and trying to figure out who on this team is going to be around long term because they have so many contracts, Philip, that are easily flippable in, in terms of value compared to the type of player they are. Uh, from Jonas Valanciunas to Dylan Brooks, Melton himself, uh, Tyus Jones, Kyle Anderson. You know, the highest paid player on this team is Gorgie Jang and his expiring $17.2 million contract. There's not a bad deal on the books for the Memphis Grizzlies. Do, do you think that this is part of that data accumulation process? Could you see it as, okay, let's see what John Conchar does in an 8 to 10 minutes a night role and see if that's something that is valuable to us long term. We know what Melton can do, but this is a good game matchup wise to try Conchar. Do you think maybe it's that long-term or do you think it really was just an isolated, Hey, the, the bench has been dead in this spot of the rotation. Let's try Conchar here and see if he can get things going. Yeah. I think that it was an isolation of just looking through and say, let's see what Conchar can do. And these in matter of minutes. And like you mentioned earlier, all those contracts are very flippable right now. I and mean, then they, that was, was definitely a situation. They were saying like, well, let's see, Let's see how Contar does and see if this is something that he's worth the long term or he could be easily flippable. I mean, you've got a lot of those guys like that with uh, Contar, Gorgie, even Valentunis. Um, I mean, if you want, I, think, I wouldn't do it right now, but I mean, Grayson's someone right now as well that's flippable. That's I feel like the, the three main guys right now that are not flippable are Josh, Jaron, and Brandon, Brandon Clark right now. Um, but, yeah, I think that, again, that was just an isolation of just, let's just see what Todd Sharp can do in this, in this moment right here. Let's see how he does, and then we can figure him out more uh, in the long run. I hope you're right. Uh, that, that makes a lot more sense to me than, uh, than the alternative. But at the same time, again, Coach Jenkins loves him. Some Grayson Allen, and that, that is concerning to me. Uh, but, again, Coach Jenkins knows more about basketball than me, and obviously they've had a lot of success. But the, the Grayson Allen love, and Parker, I'll bring you back in on this. You know, we've had conversations about this here on the podcast. I'll get Phillips' take on it here uh, before we head out. Um, you know, the Grayson Allen thing, the, the fact that he continues to be such a focal point, despite the fact you have Desmond Bain, who's getting love for being an elite shooter and doing things well beyond that, despite having DeAnthony Melton on the roster, uh, Grayson Allen continues to remain a thing. Uh, he's probably going to stay a thing until he gets traded or something else happens with, with Allen health wise. And obviously we don't want that to occur, but uh, if we're talking about wings who are going to stay in the rotation, once justice Winslow and Jaron Jackson jr. Are back in the fold, 
Grayson Allen's probably the one seed, right? I mean, theoretically, Dylan Brooks is the one seed. Right. I, I guess I should have classified to... between Grayson, Desmond, and DeAnthony. Yeah, for sure. And honestly, I'm going to be completely honest. You did allude I'm more of the Grayson guy, and it's looking more and more every day that um, I'm not the guy in, on the blog that's the highest on him. Justin Lewis has kind of taken control of that. But, I mean, I'm looking at Grayson's game log since he got back, and he shot 44% from three. And in all but four of those eight games, he's had two or more steals. And in the past three games, he's had multiple assists, and his shot volume's nice. So if he's continuing to do this, and I think the biggest thing with him is he's willing to shoot the three. Desmond Bain, his shot volume's nice, but he's putting the ball on the floor too much. When he really, he really should be going towards that like four to five where Grayson is. So I think as long as Grayson Allen is continuing to stay aggressive offensively when it comes to shooting the three, making and making plays for others while racking up havoc on the defensive end of the floor and creating turnovers, it's hard to justify, you know, because Melton's a shaky shooter. And Bain is the most accurate shooter, and I think he's the better all-around player, the best all-around player between the three. But he needs to step into his comfort zone of being a shooter, and I think he will over time, like figuring out shot relocations and stuff like that. He'll get there, but as of right now, it's very, it's very tricky and murky subject to get in because there's so many different angles of it. I guess uh, I just I'm. I get. I wrote about this, trying to find reasons to like Grayson Allen, and you hit on the head what I wrote about. He, he essentially is better Jay Crowder. Like he's better at being Jay Crowder than Jay Crowder was, in terms of his defense, in terms of his three point volume, and converting at a high rate. Uh, I hope it continues. Obviously, I want Memphis to win, and that's the most important thing. But uh, I'm a Desmond Bain and DeAnthony Melton guy, and, and watching Grayson play team defense can be a pain at times. But there's no denying that he's improved on that end of the floor. We got a couple minutes left here, finishing up with Philip Dean over at uh, Fox Sports Southeast, over at Grizzlies on FSSE. Does a great job on their social media, and we'll get him out of here on the question of the day. Who are you most excited to see eventually make their season debut for the Memphis Grizzlies? Thanks to the 200 people that participated in the poll this time around. I had two answers that I figured would get some response, and then I had two that I assumed would be lower on the totem pole. Uh, Justice Winslow, Jaron Jackson Jr., Killian Tilly, or Jonte Porter, which one did you want to see their uh, season debut the most? Uh, the winner was Jaron Jackson Jr., not too surprising at 59%. Justice Winslow got 36% of the vote. Killian Tilly got 3%, and Jonte Porter got 2%. Philip, we'll get you out of here on this. Who do you have the most excitement toward seeing on the floor for the Grizzlies here soon? It's definitely Darren Jackson Jr. Um, he's your he's one of your cornerstones of the franchise. You want to see how he has recovered from his injury, and you I mean you need his big pre, his seven foot presence on that court. I mean to help J, uh, JV out getting rebounds. You need that guy, and you need Jared back so bad. There's so many games this season. I'm just like, they could be so much better right now when Jared is back. And he, 
as much as I know a lot of people are ecstatic about justice, we don't know anything about how justice will do. We haven't seen him play with the team yet. So I, that was um, one thing that I wasn't going to pick justice because we don't know anything what to expect from him. So, but I'm more excited to see what J- uh, Jaron can do coming up. And now I believe he's now grown seven, he's now seven feet now. So that's something else I'm quite interested to know, see him return as, as a seven footer. Parker, about 30 seconds. My vote was Justice Winslow for the reason that Philip kind of alluded to. We just have no idea what he's going to be. So I want to see Justice Winslow. I think he's going to make Dylan Brooks and the rest of the team better, but he obviously has to be healthy. Again, about 30 seconds, Parker. Who do you think? I was one of the handful that voted not for those two. I voted for Killian Tilly. Of course you did. (laughs) (laughs) But but really – but really, Justice Winslow, I, I've grown up a big fan of his game over the years, and I'm just really excited that he's a Grizzly. He's always been one of my favorite non-Grizzlies, so I'm ready for him to be a Grizzly and to contribute as a positionless basketball maestro. I think that's a good way to put it, and I think it's a great way to go out. I, I, Philip, you're exactly right. Jaron's the better player. We just want to know what's in the mystery box that is Justice Winslow. Philip Dean, thank you so much, buddy. Continue the good work and have great success, and and we'll have you back on down the road. Hopefully not too long next time. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Always a pleasure. For Philip, for Parker, I'm Joe. Thank you guys for listening. Continue to grind forth, Grizz Nation. This is Grizzly Bear Blues Live.